What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Logos Podcast. This is Max. This is Sam. This is Joey. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about recapping, actually, the March for Life. Yeah, we are. I, unfortunately, was not able to go to, guys. You're we lame. Just, I was a casualty of the March for Life that was, for a couple dude. days. But it was worth it. Worth it, yeah. It was. So, somebody want to give a context of what the March for Life is for those who don't know? I will. Basically, the March for Life is on the anniversary of the um, passing of Roe versus Wade, I suppose is the best way you put it. Yeah. Essentially, the federal government said that there is a clause in the U.S. Constitution that actually protects women's right to abortion. Uh, so it means that it's the federal law of the land yeah. rather than a state issue because we are federalist in this in this country. So basically what that means is there's there's federal issues and then there's issues on the state level. Yeah. Abortion was always one kind of handled on the state level, but then with the passing of Roe versus Wade, it was in 1973, right? Is that, did I say that already? Uh, yeah. 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 And, uh, they legalized abortion, uh, federally. So that was basically now every year there's a March at Washington. It's you, it was on the, on the date of a Roe v. Wade that was passed, but they started moving it to like the Friday closest to it. So a lot of people, more people could come. Yeah. I'm just looking it up. Um, the first March for life was held on January 22nd, 1974. Yeah, wow, well, I was we were quick to it, um, and there were twenty nice. an estimated twenty thousand people there in attendance. So, mm-hmm. um, Americans have been voicing their discontent with the this legislation pretty you know for years ever since it happened. Really, yeah, we're yeah. we're coming up on the fifty year mark. How um, many times have you guys been? This was my fourth trip. Okay, so this basically every time you the whole time you've been in seminary, you've gone every yeah, year. Pretty yeah, pretty much. Yeah, because it didn't happen. I don't think it happened last no, year. It it didn't, no, it didn't. No, it was virtual, no. which doesn't really count. No, <laughs> there wasn't much marching going on. You know, I was like the watch for life. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Zoom for life, dude. Um, I was. Uh, this was gonna be my second time going. But I wasn't able to, so I've only been one time, which I really enjoyed the first time I was able to go. Uh, I think one of the things that that I was talking to one of the seminarians about, uh, you know, a couple of days ago, that like it seems like the March for Life is like you're connected to a larger community of people. Yeah. Oftentimes, like I feel like when we like are just living or like Catholic and just you know trying to live by Christian values constantly. Like we can feel like isolated from like the larger kind of community of believers. Mm-hmm. But I think like the March for Life makes us reminds us that we're a part of something far bigger than we can, you know, um, imagine. And that like it's not just one or ten or even twenty people. There's hundreds of thousands of people that are both there and praying back home yeah. and wishing they could be there across the world and. It's just a beautiful witness, and um, I remember my first year I went there. I saw some some nuns, the, those sisters uh, who kind of started, mm-hmm. who helped promote it a lot. Um, and I, I was thinking about how like they are down, they're like in the trenches with these women and these uh, suffering, potentially suffering, um, yeah. you know, and and murders you know, against these these children. Like they're really. You know, in there with them, mm-hmm. and to know that like there's people around the world dedicating their life constantly to this mission. Yeah, um, you know, uh, it's, it's just really beautiful and kind of inspiring to me. Yeah, well, that's and, that's the Sisters of Life. I think yeah, is that referring to right, right. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah. They are incredible. Yes, they are. The yeah. the ministry that they provide for women who are struggling, and that's the thing too. These these humble, beautiful, joyful nuns, they're not doing this because they're like political fanatics. 
They're doing this yeah. because like they have the love of Jesus Christ in their hearts for women and for the suffering that they know, you know, these women deal with, like when they come to make these decisions, like, uh, and they're just, they provide counseling, they provide care for people who have had abortions and are, yeah. you know, you know, suffering kind of the emotional turmoil that I'm sure comes after a decision like that. And, um, it's just really amazing. And that, uh, I'm all, yeah, I'm also always moved by seeing the, the amount of people who are out there, like fighting the fight to, uh, reinvigorate a culture of life in our country and in the world. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And it's like, it's just interesting because like, how many people are there, right? You just, what, one of my favorite parts of the drive, which we didn't experience that much this year because it was down in numbers because of COVID, unfortunately. But usually when you're driving, you're on like these buses, right? And the whole country is taking these buses to Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. And as you stop at these like rest stops to get food or whatever, you're stopping with like different, almost the same group of people every time. Yeah. Right? And you're kind of making this trek across the United States to go to Washington, D.C. to protest. And I think that's rather cool, right? And I don't pro, yeah. I don't protest anything. You know, that's not my, that's not my mo. And much of the people at the March for Life are thinking the same way. But there's like one event that's like, okay, we're gonna protest this, and it's just like, it's such a wonderful event. Like worth suffering, you know, the cold. Yeah. Um, but while I did not march with y'all in D.C., me and another a seminarian on campus did march in solidarity. We actually went to the neighborhood and. Um, we walked around and did all 20 mysteries. Too. Oh, good for you guys. So like we also felt connected in that way that we were like marching at the approximate time that y'all would have been marching trying to, yeah. um, so that was a good, that felt really like good. And, um, I haven't walked that much in a long time. <laughs> so that was kind of cool. My heart was racing, but, uh, <laughs> out yeah, of shape. so for those of you, so Max had to, because of our policies here at our seminary, um, what you were exposed to someone who had COVID. Yeah. So I was exposed to somebody who had COVID and I, I had forgotten that I was exposed to that person, to be honest with you. And like a couple of guys that had been exposed to him like a couple of days prior were like, Hey, you gotta, you gotta quarantine. And I was like, Oh, I'm good. I'm chill. I didn't. And then the day, literally like the, the, the evening before Sam and I were at the yeah. gym and I was told that I had to go in, in my room. So yeah, that was, that was tough. That you had yeah, to it was tough. I got some work done. So that, that was, that was cool. But yeah, I really, and it's one of the, the, one of the few things throughout the year that like, I really, really look forward to mm-hmm. like, you know, at seminary that we do, um, as an institution. So. But it was a good trip. Um, sorry, you missed it. Uh, Sam, what was the uh, what was the coolest part of it for you this year? For me, it's yeah. always the fact of like the people you're with and how joyful everybody is. Yeah, right. Because you you're there, just like show up with these, all these random people from across the United States, and everybody's having fun. Everybody's joyful. Everybody, pre- pretty much everybody loves Jesus, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I can't speak for everybody there, but it's just like it's not what you would expect with your typical protest, right? Like a protest, you'd think people are kind of angry or like upset. Yeah. And we are, I guess, upset, right? That this is going on and this is like one of the worst tragedies. Probably is the worst tragedy ever to to uh, go on. At least in America. Yeah, 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 in America. And, you know, it's just cool that all those people are there together and we're just having a great time. Everybody's praying. Uh, and yeah. You're, you're the, you, you know, you're walking down uh constitution avenue and you're going up to the capitol so it's like you feel like you're you're just bigger or something than yourself and that's yeah. cool yeah. yeah just uh i just looked this up um an estimated 62 million abortions have occurred since roe v wade in 1973 in america wow and that's just like legal abortions yeah who knows how many like dark night like it's just a tragedy it's, it's just a complete tragedy great like if you compare those numbers to the holocaust it's like it's not even close like it's nuts yeah. Um, and 
yeah, we don't, a lot of people just don't think about it like that. Um, yeah. It's become rather normalized in our society. Yeah. Don't you think it's yeah. kind of like, Oh, we're just, you know, there's, it's an abortion. Right. And it's just kind of, it's, it's a euphemism, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, well, let's, if you call it this, it kind of takes away the fact of what we're actually doing when we're engaging in an abortion. Yeah. And when you look deeper into what actually goes on and the methods they use and you know how it's actually done, you think, I can't believe that this goes on, you know. And, and you've had testimonies of, you know, witnesses of doctors who themselves were abortionists. Oh, yeah. You know, There's and some prominent ones out there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they step away from the field because they really rec- they come to a kind of a moral conversion as well as they kind of begin to actually pay attention to their practice, which is um, goes against their the Hippocratic Oath, which they made to begin with in, in the beginning of their profession. So it's just like um, the fact that we have these credible sources also coming out and outright condemning this practice in, in, in a professional setting shows a lot. Yeah. And a lot of those doctors I know, <clears throat> there were many of them who were involved in the production of the film that came out a few years ago called Unplanned. I don't know if any, uh, Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. You yeah. guys have seen this, but yeah, it is. You seen it, it, Sam? Uh, no, I've only heard about it. Okay, it's, yeah. a, it's a good movie. Um, I recommend it to those who have a strong stomach and, uh, are okay with some intense scenes, but like, yeah, it's about a woman who worked for Planned Parenthood and she was very high up in Planned Parenthood. I forget what her role was, but it was like she was receiving awards on an annual basis for her performance for this company. And it's about her conversion and about her experience of coming to the realization of what was taking place in these abortion clinics and um, repenting. And now she's a world-renowned pro-life activist she goes around speaking is it abby johnson abby johnson that's her name yeah yeah she's quite the asset to the pro-life movement because yeah. she's like you said she's she tells you exactly what they would do yeah. on the inside yeah. uh, of these you know abortion clinics and it's like okay um this is definitely a tragedy it like, gives you what it does is it gives you two things a it gives you a a good understanding of like what a lot of these women are going through when they're making these decisions right because that's the thing that we should reinforce we're not like we don't want to cast judgment or like condemn anyone who anyone who's made this decision like we know those are incredibly difficult times and oftentimes women are suffering when they're making these decisions right and and to advocate for men so are the men yeah that's true sometimes so, yeah. So, anyways, so the movie the movie does a good job of showing that because Abby Johnson herself had had abortions and she kind of talks through her experience of like going through that and it's it's scary and it's hard and it's terrible and it's 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 tough. Yeah. And so it get, it portrays that well, but what it also does is it it portrays the evil of Planned Parenthood. Yeah, the organization. The organization, like it is. Yeah. You walk away from that movie really understanding that it's. Like, I think the work of the evil one really acting against life in what this is country it? and in the, in this world. Um, and you see the power of prayer in this movie as well. It's really power. It's, and it's a totally true story. Was it structural sin? Is that the word that we were yeah. talking about yesterday? Yeah. This, these structures of sin. Um, yeah. That's and, crazy. And it manifests itself through organizations, right? Yeah. Through major corporations and major kind of um, business endeavors and other kind of political um, organizations. But yeah, dude, I remember the movie really really striking and also just like the fact that people were at first were like really talking down on the movie because oh it's super violent oh it doesn't you know it's kind of um it only shows one side of the equation and it's like no like this is an ugly act and we must portray it as such because i think it was uh, matt frad was talking about how 
what we oftentimes to do oftentimes like to do in the modern world is to um, kind of uh, gaslight ugly things. Yeah. So, for example, if we're trying to say, let's say, a couple is um, fornicating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, right. So, like, if they're staying together, or like, if they, you know, they're they're cohabitating, it's like, okay, they may be cohabitating, but the chances of them actually, like, actively having sex while they're living together is very, very high. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, um, if if let's say you're trying to, oh, we're just cohabitating. It's like, well, you don't actually want to address what the what the issue with that is, for example. Right. right. It's just an example. Right. Matt Fred always, and I think you're right, he makes a good point that our language is important. Like the yeah. way we talk about stuff, like, no, you're not like, quote unquote, hooking up. That makes it sound that's, not, that's like not a big deal, right? Like you're fornicating and that's not a good thing. No. Right. Um, and you're not ending a pregnancy is the point, right? Right. You're yeah. not like, quote unquote, terminating a pregnancy. Right. That's, yeah. that's what they'll yeah. say is. Um, so, yeah, that language, those language games definitely get wrapped up in this whole um, issue. I, I think so back to the March for life, a couple of things really stood out to me. First of all, we've alluded to this every year I go on March for life and you get to the top of Capitol Hill and you turn around and you just see literally hundreds of thousands of people there behind you. It's, it's like you pause. It's like take pause in this moment right now. Cause it's so cool. It is crazy. I wanted to take a drone with me so bad. Oh my gosh. Hey, hey wait, tell them how you crashed your drone. <laughs> <laughs> tell them how you crashed it. <laughs> it's, Bro, if you're li- by the way, my brother got me this drone as a Christmas gift. So if he's listening to this, I am, I am upset. I'm, I actually just ordered pieces to, to repair it. So I apologize that I couldn't. I was not responsible with the gifts given. But I literally have had the had had the drone like three weeks maybe, and I was so excited because Sam wanted to go fly. I wanted to go fly. It was snowing outside. I thought I was gonna catch this cool picture or like this cool video, and. I don't know why, but it was like acting weird on takeoff. And I was like, what's going on? Anyways, it ended up taking off and then it just, t- then it just took off. Like I just lost complete yes, control. <laughs> it got off the ground and just started flying and it, got, it went up. I don't even know how many feet it went up. I mean, several, I mean, at least a like hundred feet, right? Like, probably, Oh, over that. Yeah. Right. So and then it, it just, just crashed. Yeah, it just shot up in the ceiling or just shot up, hit the, our huge bell tower here at seminary and just like shot down <laughs> all the way. I was like, oh, I can't do anything. This is just going to cry. And it, and it, and it did, did demolish. It's pretty, pretty broken right now. But, yeah, uh, sorry but anyway, so I wanted to, I, w- I really wanted to take my drone to the March for Life if I would had went, but then I probably would have gotten it shot down there yeah, too. Yeah, you probably would have crashed. I don't think you're allowed to fly. I, was, yeah, I, think, I think it's illegal, you know. Oh, that does make sense. That would have got shot and then I would have got shot, <laughs> yeah. you know. Um, the other thing that really stood out to me about that. <laughs> the other thing, that's just, I didn't know that story. The other thing that stood out to me about the march was um, a couple of things. One, there's a rally beforehand. So they always have this big rally like right in front of the Washington Monument. And we were out there standing for like an hour listening to these speakers come and the whole crowd's there and they're, you know, giving speeches. And two of the, sp- the speeches really struck me. One was, I forget her name, maybe Katie, but she was- Katie a, Smith, right? Katie Smith. That that I think that I think that's right. But yep. she's a- 36-year-old woman with Down syndrome. And she came and she gave her testimony about like how her mother was thinking about getting an abortion because she heard that her daughter like had Down syndrome, but then decided to like choose to go forward with the pregnancy and to bring it to term and to have her child. And this just like radiantly beautiful woman was, uh, and like with this childlike joy was uh, just giving her testimony about how important it is. And now she goes around and speaks about the importance of um, 
just like keeping life sacred from the moment of conception until natural death. And I was I was so moved by that. I that was, was the it was yeah it was the it was probably the best one. I, I mean, no yeah. no offense to everybody else, but it's probably the best one. And she was she obviously has Down syndrome, right? And that was why it was so powerful because she told us in that speech that there's a wait list for for couples to adopt Down syndrome babies because the majority of them are aborted. Yeah, and that's what? why that's yeah. what she told us. And that's just a tragedy, right? Because. You know, we talk. We go back to anything we talk about. We talk about this all the time, this, like the sanctity of human life and how we take it for granted, right? Yeah. We talked about what are they called uh, sarco machines or whatever yeah. you can commit suicide. Yeah. Sarco machines. Same kind type of conversation, right? It's like you just we're we're not valuing human life, and you know, I just thought it was incredibly moving. And I remember thinking, I remember back a couple of years ago, there was a headline on, I think it was CNN, that praising Iceland for eradicating down syndrome in their country oh that's right and they did it by aborting all the babies that have down syndrome like think about that you know and that's that's the that's why we march right it's like yeah i I, I can't reason with it and at the best at the church the church at its best proposes it doesn't impose yeah we're proposing that you stop abortion we're not imposing yeah, right. We want that conversion of heart to happen, and, yeah. and it's peaceful march, right? As back to your There's point, there's nothing going on that's yeah. bad. It's yeah, it is. In fact, what this is one of the other things that really okay. Well, first, the other speaker was Father Mike Schmitz. He did great. He came. And Isn't he, he short? He he is short. <laughs> he is short. He was so. really far away. I couldn't really see him, <laughs> yeah. but I I hear he's like five seven. Dude, he was. So we took a picture together, and I was like, wow, man. You speak a lot larger than you are. Okay. <laughs> oh my gosh, bro! I'm not, I'm not, I'm not talking down. He's just short. He was, the people was, that listening could, could love Father Mike Schmitz, and um, now they're going to okay, turn so us off forever. We love Father let, Mike. Let Schmitz me caution too. you. We do love Father Mike Schmitz. He's just short. I mean, what do you want me to do about that? He, <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Anyways, it was so cool to see a Catholic priest get up there and be the spe- the keynote speaker. At oh, that's this, a good point. At this event, like, and he came up. You know, he's got this nationally renowned podcast that's this world renowned podcast. Bible yeah, it's been on the top podcast. chart for Bible, yeah. in the year, Bible in a year, right? Everyone yeah. was like, chant, Father Mike, Father. <laughs> and like, it was really cool as someone aspiring to be a Catholic priest to see um, like a really solid Catholic priest up there giving testimony. He gave a powerful story about his grandmother who quit her job at a hospital because they started mandating that the nurses help with abortions. And uh, she walked away. And Father Mike was talking nice. about how just like the ramifications of her decision to stand up for life in that moment um, has trickled down and now had implication on implications on him and his ministry and all the people he's helping. So it was really sick. Yeah. Well, and what I liked about that part of it was his grandma probably thought she's just one person, right? Right. She's just doing yeah. what she thinks is right and she's sticking to her guns, which is awesome, right? But now the, what she did in 1973 has an impact on the man who's now speaking at the March for Life. Yeah. You know, you see how the connecting of the dots of one little thing you did actually impacts the whole entire world. That's cool. And what's cool about Father Mike Schmidt is when he was talking, everybody's talking, right? And there's kind of like, you're like half listening or whatever and talking to your friends. When Father Mike Schmidt was talking, everybody stopped and you could hear a pin drop. Yeah, like it's so Everybody's true. attention. It's so true. Hundreds of thousands of people there. It was crazy. Yeah, I remember... The, the the first year I went there, actually, I think it was Donald Trump was actually talking. Yeah, is that right? He spoke yeah. at it yeah. his last year in office. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that was that was it. And uh, it was also very I couldn't see much because the crowd. There's so many people there. I was astonished even the first time I went, but um, I remember it was really really quiet. Everything was just like super. When the speaker starts talking, it's just yeah. super super. 
Like I said, he wants to listen. Um, the final thing that I'll say about this year when we went. Uh, so in the years past, I've gone with my parish youth group, which has always been great. I've loved it. Um, you know, I go with these uh, high schoolers who are on fire for their faith and excited to do this trip. And are they on fire? Does anybody extinguish the fire? Like on fire. That's crazy. Yeah, it's a liability every year. <laughs> <laughs> that's why they. That's why I didn't go with them this year because I kind of got burned. <laughs> um. But when we go, we just kind of go and we, we, we march, we walk, we talk to each other. It's kind of a more social thing um, during the march itself. With the seminary, though, I went with the seminarians for the first time this year, and we're praying a rosary and singing hymns for the entire duration of the march. And it really made the whole trip much more of a pilgrimage than just kind of like a, like a political demonstration or like, uh, you know, just kind of... Yeah, little thing that we did like it was mm-hmm. really like it was it was like we were infiltrating our nation's capital and like sanctifying it with like through the intercession of our lady and it was really powerful and also like before you know the march happened we were praying here at seminary yeah like, there was many guys you know doing novenas and many guys praying for the people going there and it's like that that but that's the thing right like that's a movement mm-hmm. it's that like we care for each other here right now we as people right now we we invest in each other here because that has an effect. It just shows all the more that as a Christian community, we're connected. Like yeah. We're connected in that way. And that like, you know, kind of prepares us for that event too. Yeah, it's true. And one more thing that I would like to add. Uh, I noticed it's always a ton of young people. Oh, yeah. A ton of young people. Because, you know, you hear from uh, people who want to protect abortion as a right. They, they like to kind of put this like portrayal up of a person that's saying that, you know, abortion shouldn't happen is like old white men. Yeah. Like that's the radical, people. just like not reasonable at all. Yeah, yeah. Right. And it's not true. First of all, there's a bunch of young people, but there's a bunch of young women. Yeah. You know, it's oh, not, wow. it's they're, they're everywhere. And it's, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a beautiful thing to see that that's a lie, right? That it's all old white men. It's not all old, old white men. Mm-hmm. It's actually a bunch of young women and a bunch of young people in general. And it's yeah, just, yeah. it's awesome. Yeah. So <clears throat> really, uh, it was, it was a good trip. I give it A plus. Yeah, you were missed, Max. But then I got then Sam and I got COVID. So (laughs) Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Take that, guys. (laughs) I'm just kidding. No, yeah, I um I wish I could have been there, but I did enjoy my time here and I didn't feel completely disconnected. Um I hope next year we get to go. Yeah. I hope in one sense we get to go, but I hope in another sense we don't have to go. Yeah, they were talking about that because Roe v. Wade is on the – it's in the courts. That's right. Is it, what is it, Jackson versus Dobbs is the, uh, the one that's being heard? I think about? that's right. I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah, I think that's right. We'll uh, see what happens, uh, and we'll pray that, uh, that it, you know, it's overturned. But at that time – I mean, yeah, that'd be good, but then it would go to the states. So basically that means, though, you'd have, like, a series of smaller marches for life at the state level. But that's obviously a good thing, right? If it's not protected federally – there's a lot more options of, you know, overturning yeah. in general. Yeah. And the mission continues though. Right. And I think one of the things that I was thinking about too, is that it would present new difficulties on a more local level. Right. Because while it's a national movement, it's kind of more motivated and it's larger. And if anything, we have the initiative to be like, there's a lot of people going, Yeah. but see when it becomes a local problem, it becomes a lot more difficult to be invested for one, because people actually know who the particular person supporting this thing is. And that can have ramifications in like families Mm -hmm. 
and so you know even just like local businesses and stuff like that so the fight continues right the yeah. fight for life continues um whether you know this this gets overturned or not on a legislative um level but um i think that the the dignity for life is something that the church will continue professing has always professed and we as aspiring priests um will uh hopefully uh, do as best we can to, pr- to promote that yeah, yeah. Well, i mean we're gonna in a sense if let's overturn we have to put our money where our mouth is and we have to start stepping up to help people who yeah. are who are in need you know it's yeah. these women that and you know young couples maybe that uh have a pregnancy that they weren't expecting or whatever i mean we we have to be there to help people through that as well you yeah know? So. yeah yeah and it's about sam you mentioned it earlier it's about um it's about conversion of hearts it's it's less about these i mean the the legislation is important but if the legislation changes and people's hearts don't change, then right. <clears throat> that's not, uh, then it's all in vain. So that's, that's a big, that's, that's what prayer does. That's a big part of the prayer, the ministry of the church in that respect as well. So right on guys. Yeah. So if you like that episode, listen again and make sure you smash the subscribe button. Dude, I'm so actually weirdly happy to hear that dude. I know it's been a while, right? <laughs> it's been a while. Too long. Too long. I think Joey, I do you have it. anything? No, I can't top that. <laughs> Okay. That's definitely That's true. It. That's <laughs> cool, guys. Well, I hope y'all enjoyed this episode. Um, we always respect the dignity for life. We pray for life and know that we're going to be praying for you. And we just ask the favor in return. As always, God, God bless. bless. Oh. Ooh. Gotcha.